0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today, we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana, roots, and folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and I'm on Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you will find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Well as you know, February is Black History Month and I wanted to do a special that's been on my mind for a while now. This idea that hip hop should be respected as Folk music, and this week I had a chance to talk with a band that is absolutely amazing. They're they're so so interesting. They're called Gangsta Grass, and it's a fusion of bluegrass and hip hop. Bluegrass music with MCs uh, doing rhymes over the music. And uh, I tell you what, these guys are amazing guys. They're they're super fun to talk to. Really really uh, just well read as far as uh, music history goes. And um, man, it was a fantastic conversation. Had such a good time talking to them and. They have some new stuff coming out here pretty soon. Uh, We talk about it at the end. They got some some videos coming out. Got some music coming out, hopefully this summer. And I really hope to have them on the show again. Uh, But for now, this is uh, my celebration of Black History Month and uh, my conversation with Gangsta Grass. Enjoy. All right. Cool, cool. Well, um, I wanted to, to get off starting uh I wanted to start off talking about uh the formation of the band and uh, this this fusion of styles that you guys have you have uh, such an interesting blend of, uh, of bluegrass string band type music and uh, hip hop and rap as well. And I was wondering if um the three of you guys could just kind of talk about the the origins of how the group came together and uh, what was kind of the original vision of what was going on with the group.
1: Mhm. Well, everything uh got started in about 1920. Uh when the uh, record labels started separating things between hillbilly music and and race records and we were like no nah, man so we had a we had a secret meeting uh inside the washington monument uh in which we said 100 years from now we're going to do bluegrass hip hop and let people know that they belong together
0: i like that and uh, sorry could you uh could you introduce oh, and yourself? this is wrench that's right yeah. thank you
1: thank this you wrench and that's that's the uh that's the official history of of the origins of the band
0: <laughs> so uh uh dolio uh, dolio maybe i could ask you um uh what was the maybe you could talk a little bit about your background to music and um and um uh kind of um you know what what you were um bringing to the group as far as yeah you know, like hip-hop and, and and vocals and all that kind of stuff uh
2: yeah this is Dolio. um this is dolio the sleuth I'm actually as far as music stuff I kind of got it I've been doing it since I guess about six years old or so um my, my grandmother was a was the is a was a pianist um uh, and played for Sunday school basically so I was just got yeah, my start sitting on the piano bench next to her every Sunday um uh then I going out through through to travel, I end up doing like choirs and little groups here and there, and then you know um some marching band and all that good stuff um and later on, just kind of got involved in the hip hop scene kind of like early high school all and you know, all through college, just kind of doing my thing, you know the usual, pathways of like street corner battling and rapping at parties and um that type of stuff but also always dabbling in other forms of music like r&b blues etc et um i ran in into wrench when i moved to new york uh funny enough after quitting music <laughs> i was trying not to really be involved but yeah, it kind of got, you know, it's one of those things, I guess, if it's in you, it's in you and it won't be hard for people to pull you back into it. <laughs> so I met him by chance. Um, and he was letting me know about this thing that he was doing. This was actually prior to gangsta grass. It was sort of like this honky tonk hip hop funk type of thing. He was working on, uh, with this group he had called B star, battle star America. But me being from the South, it wasn't too far fetched. I was like, Oh yeah, this sounds funky. I'm down um so i got down with him i was uh the turntablist in that in that group and i guess later he discovered i also did some rapping and such um so when he started putting together the gangsta grass you know stuff he when he reached out and i was you know it didn't take me any convincing at all because i had already worked with him with b star and you know had a great time making that music and One thing about Wrench is that he can make something funky. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What what part of the South are you from? Uh, I'm from originally from Pensacola, Florida, born and raised Okay. east side of Pensacola, well, born in West Pensacola, but raised in East Pensacola. Gotcha. And you you played some music in in high school. Do you still
0: play instruments or um, was that just like uh, high school marching Uh,
2: band? Well, middle school and marching band, a little bit in, in middle school and high school, and then a little bit of college, I was playing trumpet and some other black brass instruments um myself and, um, and my brother's all play percussion and brass um I dabble in a few others but not enough to brag on just enough to make something in the studio basically as far as like you know keys and the other instruments that I, that I dabble with I do pick up the horn every now and then though it's,
0: Yeah. And uh, Arson, if you could um, kind of tell us a
3: little bit about your musical history as well, that'd be great. Uh, Yeah, this is Arson, the voice of reason. Um, You know, it's funny. I do. I am not very musically inclined um, beyond beyond rhyming. Like I, 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 I got into hip hop. I was born two weeks after hip hop's official birthday, August 11th, 1973 my birthday is two weeks after that. So I, it, in, in, in my head, we're kind of twins, right? So coming up at the same time, like being in the, in the, in the era when it was born and raised and coming up into it, my, a lot of my, uh, my musical influences have been, have gone right along with hip hop. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, I come from a a, a family of deeply musical people. Like, my dad loved, was in the musicals. Like, he loved, like, like we used to go to musicals all the time. His favorite one was Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, and then my mom was a big, like, you know, Philly soul fan. for some reason, the two of them both loved Streisand. I don't know what that's about. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of just a musical musical stuff involved in that. When I went to Penn state in uh 91, um, I really got into a lot of underground stuff, met a bunch of cats up there and started creating my own music and rhyming and stuff. I've been rhyming since forever. I wrote my first rap on the back of the, on the back of the school bus in the first grade, um, under the name disco G by the way, because it was 1979 <laughs> and everything had to be disco something or other. um, and you know it was just up at penn state at a at a really interesting time when there was a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of stuff really happening up there musically a lot of different uh musical musical stuff was happening there uh, i met my my good buddy louis logic who was a uh, deep in a lot of the, the east coast underground stuff um where i really started to you know build my bones my man uh my man shanti uh tiny little Indian guy who was one of the fiercest MCs I ever met in my life and still a dear friend of mine. As a matter of fact, it was on the streets of State College that I met Dolio. We met in a cypher outside of a bar one night in 99. Um, Cash was just on the street rhyming, like he said, just, you know, street court of battle, and we out there rhyming. And we met. I'm like, yo, who is ball? Because at this point, I had been at State College for eight years. I knew everybody. I was like, who this ball? He yeah, showed think, up, hopped in a cypher, bars. I'm like, okay, I need I to know I, this joker. So we, I think know, I was in town for maybe
2: like three days.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. We connected that <laughs> night, you know what I mean? And and stayed connected as, as we both went different places and so on and so forth. So then when Dolio approached me about working with Gangsta Grass, like from the gate, I was like, "Well, it's, you know, it's Dolio, this something. He's he's down with. All right, cool. This this sounds interesting." And then I heard some of the joints. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we can do this. We can definitely do this." And I met Wrench on a Wednesday night in Philly, uh, where I'm from, by the way, Philadelphia, greatest city on earth.
1: We met up um, with you just before sound check yeah. to try out the song. Yes, we.
3: Yeah, we did. We a, did a, the a show. And then I hopped in a van with him and like three other dudes that night. Um, a thing I don't recommend for most people, again, I'm a relatively large dude. It's fine. Most people I wouldn't recommend just doing a show and hopping in a band with four strangers, but you know, it's whatever. Um, and that was what 2011 here yeah. we are 13 years later, still rocking out and, you know, still, still building and growing and, you know, uh, 50 years of hip hop has been uh, instrumental in, in a lot of my musical and just sort of worldview and just sort of try to keep that alive and keep that uh, motivated and, 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 and flowing through what we do.
0: Nice. I like that. Well, Wrench, what about you? What, what, what about your uh, musical history? What, um, what, what kind of got you into uh, playing music and whatnot? Uh,
1: I started uh uh, violin lessons when I was four and then uh, got into to fiddling and uh, making all kinds of different music. Uh, so my dad was a big music fan I, and he's from Oklahoma so uh, I grew up with a lot of honky tonk playing on the, on the stereo at home. George Jones and Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but when I was in third grade, uh, hip hop became you know, a national phenomenon. We had Beat Street coming out and the breakdancing movies. So me and my friends during recess, we were we were breakdancing and stuff. So um that's when I got into to hip hop and just one of those block rock and beats and in everything. Um even though I was still influenced also by the twangy twang um of the the music my dad had introduced me to. So when I started producing music uh, that was the kind of uh, impulses that I had. Nice.
0: Yeah, very similar to me as well. A lot of the um, outlaw country, Willie and uh, Johnny Cash and all that from my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first uh, first record I ever bought was on tape, um, and it was the Beastie Boys License to Ill. And, yes, uh, that's right. <clears throat> that, was, that was huge. Yeah. That was such a huge I had deal. a tape
1: that I had dubbed um, Beastie Boys License to Ill on one side and uh, run DMC Raising Hell. Mm. on the other side. And I would just listen and flip it and listen and flip it. <laughs> Wore that tape out.
0: <laughs> I think Rick, Rick Rubin did both of those, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was, I was, uh, my mom, because my mom was pretty young at the time. So like she was, they they were, she was into hip hop. And so my, uh, my uncles were like a little crew. So like I would basically be, you know, sneaking in and listening to her records. <laughs> curtis blows and the hill gangs and so some of the the early stuff and all them and yeah gotcha
0: yeah yeah yeah. um grandmaster flash in there as well yeah gotcha cool cool all right well thanks for sharing all that that's um it's interesting it totally makes sense with you know kind of where the the sound ended up landing as far as um your your fusion and everything i'm kind of interested in um And uh, pushback um, because it is such a a a unique thing you're doing. And I was watching the uh, your guys' performance on America Got Talent, and I love the intro where you're talking about um, this this being a unifying thing that it's not meant to you know in in any way be divisive, but it's just like American music is um, you know needs to come together like this. So I'm interested in in uh, over the years have you guys gotten pushback on on the sound on what you're doing in uh, fusing these things, or has it been more of a widely accepted thing for you?
3: I mean, for the most part, right? I would say we're a good 90 10, right? So everybody that encounters us and sees us, is particularly sees us live, uh, really reps forth. You'll get a lot of these jokers online. They got their little, their little things to say. Uh, um, our good friend, Middle Finger Gorilla, is out there somewhere. <laughs> um, we got a. We got a, we got a message in our, in our Facebook messenger. This dude just hate. There's just that the raw hatred and lots of middle finger uh, emojis and gorilla emojis and racial slurs and threats and whatever, but overall, right. I I have yet to, except for the one dude, except for one dude ever, I've yet to encounter anybody at a show that was like, no, that's not it. Once you, once we get them in there, once they see us, like particularly, like hearing it, most of I'd say, I'd say ninety percent of people are like, oh, okay, all right, I see, I see where you're going there. But live, forget it. Once they see it live, it's over. If there's you, you can't help because everything is so natural, it's so authentic. Like there's no it's no like there's no like goofy little raps to like hey now we're trying to rap and i hope everybody is down with that like it's none of that <laughs> like every, every every bar that you hear from dolio is is authentic and ridiculous and fire and and just uh just meaningful stuff and everybody that we got playing on everything is really you know giving it their all uh, wrenches beat wrenches beat listen Ranch is one of my favorite producers ever, and I'm a hip hop dude. This dude just makes just it's 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 again it's so authentic, it's so real that if you're a, if if you are willing to accept authentically made music, regardless of the type of it, and with real ability, you can't help but love it.
2: Yeah, there's been so yeah. yeah. See, haters out there but you know yeah it's 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 one of those things where like they they often tell you, you know when you're like stuff on youtube or whatever don't look at the comments but like it's 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 weird even when you look at the comments and it's like 90 something percent positive because it's usually like it's one of those things where if you describe it there's the assumption that when you take a couple of different you know well a couple of things that are perceived as being on different ends of the spectrum, um, that one has to diminish its light in order for the other one to fit. But it's just that it just so happens that both of these genres have like ample space to just fit right together. Like, like fingers locking into each other. And, uh, and we like, like, like our son said, when we, um, when we do it, it's when we're making this music, it's not like we're diminishing anything. Every, everybody's going 100, you know, on every, every, every aspect of it. So that, so that the hip hop folks can appreciate the authentic authenticity and the lyrics and the flow. And the, the bluegrass folks are really just like, yo, these cats are really going in. And you get all these people together in the same room and then it just makes this collective energy that once they're in there they're in it so it's like once you once a person experiences it it's hard for them to turn back if you're just trying to describe it to them if they can't necessarily picture it in their heads then then they might have some difficulty but once they get a glimpse or you know get a listen or actually just come to a show that which is like the uh, the thing that really gets people um it's, it's undeniable. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, what,
0: what type of shows do you guys normally play? I mean, do you, do you do festivals? Do you do like bluegrass type festivals and stuff? Or do you do like hip hop? Like what, what's what's generally the shows and the audience uh, made up of that you guys are doing?
2: The answer is yes.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, we, we do yeah, them we, all.
2: Yeah, we do them all. Yeah, because, we, because of our, our unique niche, people don't necessarily know like which, where to put us. So they figured, hey, we could put them in here. Nobody knows what this is.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And, then and they they can. they're they're yeah. able to put us in uh anywhere and we will rock the stage. So yeah. we play on on uh not just bluegrass festivals where they book us on the main stage, which is always a fun thing to to uh to happen when there's the bluegrass purists out there that may be skeptical. Um but we also have done uh done all kinds of festivals festivals with all kinds of music and they they can plop us right in the middle there and we'll just scoop up the whole crowd
2: yeah and it's like heavy metal rock folk music rap Afrobeat, you name it yeah it's crazy when you get the opportunity to
3: to to open up for soul to soul uh one night and then you know So we did Glastonbury last year and we did it uh, late and Paul McCartney was on the main stage before us. So I like to say that Paul McCartney opened for us because (laughs) he was technically performing before we did. So Paul McCartney opened for us at Glastonbury. Yeah, I said it. Um, But yeah, like, like they said, man, like whatever, wherever you want to put us, I guarantee you we're going to rock the crowd. That that's and that's the great part about what we're doing because it is, again, so so very real and so very authentic uh, that music lovers, regardless of their particular genre affinity, are are going to rock out to it.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic yeah you know it's such an interesting thing kind of what what wrench was getting at in the very beginning in the intro um that both these styles bluegrass and 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 hip-hop are working class music and um they they come from the people you know they're they're they're, and that's kind of what um the the show i had um this last week on my podcast and what this one's going to kind of focus on is um that that hip-hop should be respected as folk music and i don't see in the folk music community um hip-hop getting its due um and, and being respected as such and um I just think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. Um, it's like subversive and political, but not in an overtly political way. It's a very, you know, like like working class, like unifying kind of deal, um, and and using music to do that. And I just think it's like it, it's it's beautiful. It's a cool, like, cool idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, as as in the last, at least for like the last <laughs> decade or so, we we kind of feel like hip hop, or at least with us waving that flag, have been basically trying to get that spread into the, the vernacular of, of, of folk music inclusive of hip hop. You know, we went to Folk, Folk Alliance International, was it 2012? Was that when we went there 13, 13, 2013, 2013, we first, we first did Folk Alliance International, which is like this national conference of folk, uh, music from all over the, uh, the world basically. And then we did it again. Um, when we first came in, you know, no one knew what to expect. And we just basically shook <laughs> the foundations <laughs> um, and we would only, you know, any only thing even hip hop related in the whole thing. But when we came back a good, you know, seven years later or so, um, we were not alone. It had, it had now become well known that, you know, okay, hip hop is part of folk music because folks do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how um i the the, the show I did um, uh, last week was um, kind of breaking down the uh, the the instruments of hip hop and um, how they're they're oftentimes not referred to as 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 such as instruments, but like a DJ with two turntables in the beginning. When you mentioned like seventy three, you know the beginnings of uh, Cool Herc and then Grandmaster Flash developing break beats and using those two turntables in this in this unique way and um and and keeping the party going and doing all that kind of stuff like that's 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 an instrument like they turned that into an
1: instrument absolutely yeah yeah. that was was the birth of a totally new original instrument
2: yeah Yeah. i imagine the first time somebody picked up a washboard or a pair of spoons (laughs) (laughs) there was a similar reaction you know and now we got entire genres based around (laughs) washboards (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the story of music, right? It's just like humans uh, taking instruments and, and using them in different ways and modifying them. Um, and I, I just think it's fascinating, you know. the uh, The drum machine is another example, and the mm-hmm. sampler is another example. Um, hey, Ar- Arson, I had a question for you on the um, uh, performance at um, <clears throat> uh, America's Got Talent. Um, the the jacket that you're wearing had a bunch of patches on it. Um, I was trying to see yeah. it, but did you have a do you have a Jay Dilla uh, patch on there? Yep. Okay. Yes, indeed. And man. you're from J Dilla. Okay, I was he wondering because Questlove, I'm a big fan of Questlove, and he's all about Dilla, and um, yeah, just a master of the sampler. And that was one of the examples I used in my um, in my show. But like, yeah, I, I'd love to hear uh, you talk about uh, Dilla and kind of um, how he came into your life and all
3: that. You know, funny, I uh, I got into Dilla uh, through Slump Village, and and he had been doing stuff uh, for a while before you. There's a bunch of joints. That I knew, and I knew that like knew the tracks, but before I really started getting into a lot of pro- the producers and stuff, like I was I was spinning records up in Penn State, and I knew some of the joints. Um, and then uh, my man Mike Jacks, introduced me to Dilla through Slum Village, and there was stuff. There was stuff that like some of it I didn't love initially, and some of it I did. And as I like the more I would listen to it, like it was just like, wait, how is it? How did I not love this? Like what, what, what was I on? Right. It's but the more, I, the more I listened to, and the more I was like, like this guy can do anything. Like it just if there's nothing he can't do. And so the other day, uh, February seventh was his birthday, and then the was it the tenth he passed away. The, the, it's it's been, it's been weird the last few days because Dilla and uh, another producer, the boy Nujabes from from uh, from Japan, they were born on the same day, the exact same day, and they both died relatively early, right? Um, and like it it was it was messing with my head for a while because two days two days ago the twelfth was the day that uh, a year ago was the day that Dave from De La Soul passed away. And one of my favorite songs of all time, Stakes is High by De La Soul is a Dilla track. And so I'm listening to Stakes is High and like, I'm crying now because A, the record has always meant a lot to me. And the fact that those two guys are gone, it's just messing with my head. Right. So, you know, I went, I've been going back and just listening to all his stuff, and you know, listening to don't. I've listened to Donuts like fifteen times this week, um, and just hearing what this guy does with sounds. Um, there's a great story that most Death told about the song "Little Brother" that he made for uh, for him and uh, for most and Kwalie from the soundtrack to the Hurricane. He got the sample from a Pete rock from one of Pete rocks albums and just sort of chopped up the, the little bit that Pete was playing with in between. Cause Pete will do this thing where after a song, he'll just play a little bit of something. And he chopped that up and made this whole new beat with it. And I'm like, it, it, it was just mind boggling. And so just the idea that this guy, and he was in his bed in the hospital before he died, still making beats right it, it and it's like the the idea of the, the creativity of, of Dilla and what he did and how he just reformed a lot of the way that hip hop sounded at the time um it it makes me really sad that he's gone but the the impact is still there, and you know it's if I anything I can get with Dilla, if it's a patch, if it's a T shirt, if it's a hoodie, I got a hat. That's I got a Dilla hat. I got a couple of tees, like it's whatever. And you know that that dude will will always be just just legend status for me. Absolutely. That's fantastic! Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I
0: got into him kind of recently, uh, listening to Love, his, his podcast, and and he talks about that dude all the time. And uh, I'm a big fan of him, so I was like, yeah. oh, I should check him out. And, and Donuts, man, that's uh, it's it's unbelievable what a piece of work that is. That
3: record is so ridiculous. I've been telling cats over the last few the last about year or so that you know I I rep Philly way too hard. It's kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but you know I, I I I have I feel like I can. I put it out there that, that Philadelphia is the home of the greatest DJ of all time, Jazzy Jeff, and the greatest MC of all time, Black Thought. And <laughs> deal with it. Deal. With it. Like, yes, New York is where it was born. That's cool. And everybody else made their contributions. The two greatest, Philly. I said it. Not to mention the fact, Cornbread, the first real graffiti artist, Philly guy. Philly, we did it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's funny. I, I'm a West Coast guy. I'll die on that hill. Cool. <laughs> oh, a- dude.
3: Listen, <clears throat> I got something for you. Yeah, you yeah. want to you really want some really dope? I've, People under the stairs. Trust me on this.
1: Well, I've heard He's that. He's taking name. it back. He's taking it back to the day.
3: <laughs> People under the stairs, man. Those two guys, rest in peace, double K. Thess one that did most of the production on that. Those guys made some of the most fun just a, just the most enjoyable hip hop music Try, Go check out some people under the stairs. You're gonna have a good time with it. All right. Definitely
0: will, definitely will. I, I would say it's funny cause as a West coast guy, um, the beef between New York and Philly, I have no connection to at all, you know? Um, and so like, I know it's there and I'm always like, like Philly guys and New York guys are always like, ah, oh, we're the best, we're the best. And I was like, all right, I don't know. I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like yeah. three hours <laughs> from San Francisco. That's my like biggest <laughs> claim to fame. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's like even Wait, it's, that for
2: me is something that didn't necessarily come up to me until later in life because I come from the south. We was just trying to get hurt, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine though. No, yeah, like we're like New amazing. York's little brother, and so we're always just
3: puffing our chest out. We're like,
0: yeah, we're cold too, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that. Um, good discussion about uh, uh, hip hop is folk music and instrumentation and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm really interested in what you guys think about um, Beyonce kind of shocked the world this weekend and dropped a country song. And um, mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's amazing. And Rihanna Giddens, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm just a huge fanboy of hers. Um, have been for years and which the work she's done with the banjo and um talking about, you know, the, the history of the banjo and the African American roots of the banjo. And so I'm just really interested in hearing from you guys what you think about this the the song and um you know Rihanna Giddens uh, doing the intro for it and, and bringing the, the 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 banjo into it. Uh, I'm just interested in what you guys think about the whole thing.
2: Well first of all, shout out to Rihanna and Demeanor. Um uh, for putting yes, it down. Me. Those are those are peeps we 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 know and love. Um but uh I don't know. I feel like the only people that were shocked by what she did were people that weren't paying attention. You know, she she is from Texas. Her father is from Alabama. Her mother is from Louisiana. She is country. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, people just people just got used to her making pop music, Mm -hmm. but she's always been country.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this Um, also feels like a like a tipping point. Uh, for stuff that's been bubbling up for a while, like we've been watching, uh, so many amazing artists that are getting totally ignored by the Nashville machine, just just building. And you know, Allison Russell, Amethyst Kia, Rian Vince, of course, and uh, Kaya Cater. Just like so many uh, people that that we're honored to call friends are 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 getting bigger and bigger, and uh, the conversation about. Black country artists has been Has been building, but now <laughs> Now the, the lid Is blown off the whole thing Yeah,
2: yeah. it's more like, you know it, it, It's more like we Kind of, I don't really think it's like People just it, Sorry, let me rephrase it, it seems as though People are starting to, to Throw around this rhetoric That it sounds like we're like they're being Invaded, when it's really just people coming Back home You know um mm-hmm. like country music started with black people in it um it just it's like rock and roll you know it's just what happens is that um when the commodification of art happens people start repackaging it so they can sell it and after a while people get used to the product and they forget about the art and when you forget about the art you forget about the artists um but the artists are always there um, now we're just kind of, funny, experiencing a second renaissance. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yes, you did it. You did that. <laughs> Sorry,
2: uh, I do points lines. Yeah,
1: but we've definitely found um, that that artists everywhere always like to to collaborate and yeah. cross pollinate and uh, bring things together and be influenced by each other. Uh, we also f- have found in our in in the music that we play, so much in common between country and hip hop. Um, so one example is that uh, a tradition coming out of uh, old time of bluegrass music is called a pick, where you're sitting around uh, playing spontaneously with each other, maybe trading solos or doing a traditional. And uh, someone in hip hop called a cypher, or maybe somebody's beatboxing, and, and folks will trade verses and freestyle. And they they work uh, in exactly the same way. And once we realized that, like we knew exactly how to do it, and the the MCs and the banjo players could could just you know trade trade back and forth and be spontaneous because it's the same it's the same style of being able to get people together, people's music that you can get together and improvise and be spontaneous.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I heard you say that term. I meant to ask you about that because I wasn't familiar with that term cipher. Mm-hmm. So that's it's just like a it's it's like sitting in a circle and just jamming, uh, but like a hip hop yeah. style.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. yeah, man.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is, and it, it was it was funny when we kind of recognized that. You know what I'm saying? Like because we we had we had seen so many different so many different picks, right? Just you know, I I was new. It was new to it was new, it was very new to me, right? The, the just the whole concept. And so I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, all right. They just, they just rocking out. Okay, cool. And you know, I didn't have a, I wasn't playing an instrument. So I was like, all right, let me throw a verse in here real quick. And you know, it was, but it fit, you know, it, it fit. And I, I, yeah, I would, I could imagine that a dude with a guitar, Actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna lie. I've had, I've been in cyphers with a guy with a guitar. Up in Penn State, like you know, my man was playing a guitar, and a bunch of us were just sitting around rhyming. He was just getting it down in the rest. so, yeah. You know what? I don't know why I didn't notice that before, but anyway, um, yeah, man, it, it's it is it is like when you really break it down, it it really does go back to that whole idea of it being folk music. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it just goes back to like that whole um, I, I just feel like it. it I, I the, the history of how music and divisions in music has been used to divide us as a people is um, it's just wild, you know, and like just the idea of like genre of having it be called like race music when it's when it's black mm-hmm. artists and have it called country music when it's white artists and stuff like that. It, it's just like such a, a, a wild thing. And it just seems like we're. Um, so many people have been um, talking about this and, and and preaching about it and all that. And uh, it seems like the consciousness is starting to, to really bubble up and people are starting to get it um, that, yeah, music has been used to divide us for so long. And it should be something that, that brings us all together and um, and, you know, makes us like one people.
1: Mm-hmm. That's just another another one of the things about history that that we're starting to bring up and and wrestle with just like you can you can see the the lineage of. Um, neighborhoods that still exist and are still unequal based on the the redlining maps that were drawn so long ago during segregation, but now um, that just carries on as a legacy. Um, You see that uh, sort of racial division in our genres carrying on even though the segregation is not official anymore, but when when the record industry started It was, and they were doing that division between race records and hillbilly records. And uh, the the whole industry developed around the idea of these genres being different things, when really um, a bunch of genres that that we consider to be separate and separate racially because of America's history, uh, really just go back to Southern music where artists were taking all these different influences coming into the country and and uh, combining them into new stuff
0: absolutely absolutely that's a great great conversation all right well i feel like i could uh talk to you guys forever about this stuff um i love chatting about music and stuff Mm -hmm. um but uh, i kind of want to land the plane a little bit and um yeah. First We're of all, talk
1: to you forever twice. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs>
0: There's a lot to say. Yeah. I yeah. will have to have you guys back on. We'll just do this again. Uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot more questions for you, for sure. Um, I, I, I didn't have time to, uh, li- earlier today, I was thinking that I didn't develop a lot of questions to talk about lyrics and lyricism. And, um, I, that's a whole fascinating thing to me about hip hop and how it's developed. Um, over time it just becomes so much more complex to internal rhyme schemes and and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff I, I i find that all fascinating so yeah maybe i'll have you guys on again and we'll, we'll chat about that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i just want to say thank you for uh for, for joining me and um, i think what you guys are doing is is fantastic i think it's 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 cool it's revolutionary and um and it's 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 beneficial to um to the american music scene so yeah thank you so much for <coughs> for you know, chatting with me about all this stuff
1: <laughs> Thanks okay. for, uh, I'm, I'm doubt, to to rock with you. Yeah, for sure, no, no doubt. Bef- keep before keep an get, eye so and an
3: ear out on on the uh, on the socials. Um, there's a lot going on right now with the with the Kickstarter that we got going on mm-hmm. for the new album. Some a couple of exciting announcements dropping real soon. Yeah. So keep an eye yeah. and ear yeah. out. I'm to hearing out.
1: Release album. some singles. Wonderful yeah. Album the coming out later this year.
3: Out. Uh, the video mm-hmm. for the first single is out. Um, mm-hmm. Which was buckets of fun to shoot.
2: Shout out um, to Jerry Douglas.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Big ups to Jerry mm-hmm. Douglas for real, for real. Yeah, Gangstagrass dot com. Um, all <coughs> that information is there. And yeah, man, keep keep your eyes and ears posted. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride.
0: Absolutely. So you, it was the most. Is the the album that's coming out was that produced by Jerry Douglas?
2: No, no he's he's, uh, he's, no, he's, on he featured, he's featured on the uh, the first oh, okay. single. Yeah, um, gotcha. Just going absolute ham. <laughs> wow, you know. Know, no, bro, man. He he is. A, know, he, I mean, he's a le- he's so a hard. he's a legend. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. well respected uh, in the industry for being that guy. Mm-hmm. And he and it is a well earned reputation.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. For real, for real. He I kills see. it really, really hard. So, big up to Jerry Douglas. Yeah, the song's called "The Only Way Out Is Through." So, <clears I can throat> get a chance to check it out. All
0: right, cool. Yeah, so check out gangstagrass.com for all the updates on uh, what's coming up. And uh, do you have a release date on uh, when that's coming up?
1: We just uh we just got the album uh funding uh established okay. and met our first goal. So now we're going to start uh getting these singles out and uh get the album out uh, probably in June. Fantastic.
0: All right. Cool. Well, thanks again for joining me and I uh, wish you guys the best luck out there. I think your music's fantastic. And uh, yeah, let's do this again. Thank for you, sure. brother. Thank you. No doubt. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.